to this episode of Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today, we're going to talk about Janet Jackson's Rock With You. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam, what it do? <laughs> hey, Cam, what's going on your way? Man, I'd be glad when summer's over. <laughs> yeah, why? Because <laughs> it's hot, and plus it's almost time for football season, so that means college football is around the corner. I hear you. I hear you. Do you watch college football? I do. It's the only football I'm watching these days. I feel you. I feel you. What's your team? Now, you know I'm Big 12 all the way, so I go for I have to cheer for my sorry Cyclones. <laughs> sorry to all the Iowa State alum. We're just not very good. But we're getting there. We get. We are improving. I can legitimately say we're improving. Well, you already know what my conference is. The SEC. Right, right, right. War Eagle, baby. Auburn all the way. Sister girls living in Mississippi. <laughs> Well, since the last time we talked, you actually went to see Jenny in the J Tribe in Charlotte. How was that? It was awesome. <laughs> you know, I saw her originally in Detroit with our other cousin, uh, State of the World One, and that was fantastic. But I have to say that State of the World Two is even better. Wow. It's so good. The crowd was amazing. So here in Charlotte, we have been getting torrential downpours. I'm talking like ducks swimming down the street. That kind of rain. And that's the kind of rain we got just before the show started. And so I was like, this is a lawn. You know, this is there's a covered pavilion, but it's also lawn and stadium seating for where she was performing, which was at the PNC Pavilion in Charlotte. And so I was thinking to myself, oh, I hope this does not impact the crowds. And I got to tell you, we got there early and I was so surprised, like to see people sitting out camping. They got their campers. They in their parking lot making marshmallows like folks was really ready <laughs> to see Janet Jackson. And she did not disappoint. Uh, uh, <laughs> I had the best seats of my life. We, I was think I was in the third row. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I told you I wanted to see her teeth. <laughs> and I saw her teeth. <laughs> Were they pretty? <laughs> they are gorgeous. <laughs> they are beautiful. Okay. Everything you hope for and more. And the set list. I got to say two things that made it awesome. You know, the crowd at a Janet Jackson concert is always phenomenal. And I met so many cool people there. I just can't even name them all. But I did meet Mike, who who runs uh, the Facebook page for hashtag induct Janet for the Hall of Fame. So shout out to him and his partner. Yes, I followed him. Yeah, I followed him on Facebook. And I just met so many cool people. So that was pretty awesome. But the thing that really made it was that set list. I know that they were just minor tweaks and I wasn't even really, I really didn't expect it to be as impactful as it was. You know, I was like, I just saw State of the World 1. And I know, you know, I knew the intro was a little bit different with Skin Game. And, you know, I knew there were some things that were a little bit different. But just Uh the set list and the transitions were amazing. And she did songs that you haven't heard in forever. Like When We Ooh was in there. She did Runaway, which I think hasn't been done in like seven or eight years live. (laughs) She did Doesn't Really Matter, which was so good. She had the video plan behind her. And, you know, they were dancing along with the video on point, as always. Yes. Cause I and like then that she song. added my favorite back, which was Funny How Time Flies. <gasps> I always want to hear that live. Yes, she did. She did. Oh, gosh. And it was so good. So it was perfect. It was a great night, as always. And I just had a fantastic time. 
And the reason why I'm so excited about Funny How Time Flies is because I think I hear it mostly on our like adult co- contemporary um, radio station down here. Mm-hmm. But every time I hear that song, I'm just like, oh, this is my jam. Like people don't understand that song right there gets me, gets me in a whole nother mood. So that to me, that's an underrated Janet Jam. Right it there. is. I agree. Like, I feel like people are always talking about what's underrated, but no one ever talks about funny how time flies. Yeah. That is truly an underrated Janet Jackson gem. Yes, that's a gem, man. And then I saw where she performed You Want This. And um, the last time I seen her, she didn't, that wasn't on the set list. So I was glad to see that on there because I like that song too. You yeah. This? Yeah. She didn't do that. I, she did that on State of the World 1, but I don't remember it as a part of Unbreakable. Uh-uh. Because I, I was like, I compared the set list from Unbreakable in this one. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's always a great live performance as well. So the shout out to Gil. Because I know that he pushed really hard to get a lot of her older songs and a lot of her B-sides into this set list. And kudos, man. He really did it. He came through. I appreciate it. Because this this was a truly... Everything just flowed so well. Like, from one song to the other. The way they had them grouped. Everything just flowed so well. So, just a job well done. Janet and team. And Gil as well. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you had so much fun because you were texting me. You was like, girl, I was like, what's going on? Girl, I was like, calm down, cousin, calm down. <laughs> I needed you to know what was happening. Um <laughs> uh, let's talk about their review about the about the show. I think it was by Theodore and James. Yes, you're talking about the show in Charlotte. Yes. Yes. I sent you that clip because I was flabbergasted. Like <laughs> I'm like, sir, the nerve. So in the Charlotte Review, after the Janet concert, the title of the review was Janet Jackson gave Charlotte fans a lot to love, but could she have given more? Um, And I was like, sir, like I'm reading all these reviews from all these other cities leading up to her performance in Charlotte. And so I know the show is awesome. Then I go to the show and I see the show with my own eyes. And of course, I know the show is awesome. And then my own hometown paper going to put a little, little, little nonsense out like this. Because, you know, it's awesome. (laughs) It's awesome. Like I saw with my own eyes. And even so it's by Theoden James. And even he admitted like. I really don't have any complaints because what I saw was awesome, but could it have been X? (laughs) So his complaint really was about the medley approach. So he felt like he really enjoyed everything he saw, but the question he posed was, would it be better? Because a lot of the songs were really short. You know, you might get a minute of this or a minute and a half of this, and then she's on to the next jam. I mean, that's kind of what you have to do when you have that many hits. I mean, you're trying to cover a career that spans decades. So you don't want to leave out, you know, certain songs. You want to give fans a taste of the songs that they love and they've grown up with. Yeah. There are some songs where I need the whole full version, like If... And I get so lonely. Like she can do mm-hmm. the whole the whole song. Yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> well, I but, hear you. I hear you. Cause I'm that way. Like whenever she does Let's Wait a While, and she didn't do it in this show. It was kind of like an interlude or whatever. But yeah. like when she does Let's Wait a While and she does like 44 seconds of it, I'm like, ma'am, come on now. You know this is why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> but his his argument was like, would we prefer just 17 full-length songs as opposed to like 30? 
short mini versions of your favorite songs. And I think there's pros and cons to that. I think if she did 17 full-length songs, people would always be complaining about what she didn't cover. Right. You know, I came to hear X and I didn't hear X. Right. Because like you said, if the catalog is that long... You know, you're trying to cover a lot and give your fans what they came to see. But obviously, you can't sing them all. Right. So I feel like there's a plus and minus to it. What I have enjoyed, I think that that could be a future show. Like like when she did the number ones, you know, it was a very condensed show. Yeah. Um, And she covered tunes in depth. All the number ones she covered in depth. So could mm-hmm. we see something like that? Yeah. But for this, I mean, I, felt, I thought it was perfect. I, had, I could find... No complaints. Like, I was so satisfied by the time she got to the end of the show. And I remember saying to my friend, people were calling for an encore, encore. And I'm like cheering, going crazy, calling for an encore, too. And then I'm like, but I don't know what's left. Like, what could she sing? <laughs> Let me see what you could do. Let's see. Um... Wait, wait, wait. You're going to love this. What I didn't realize was I hadn't heard State of the World yet. Like, she <laughs> So that was missing. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. So I don't know. I think um, I think she took the right approach. I thought it was perfect. And had she done it another way and just sang, you know, longer versions of fewer songs, I would have loved that too. But I think for where she is in her career and kind of what she's intending to do with this tour, which is to kind of be an overview, a highlight of her long career. Right. I think that she got it exactly right. Plus, when I first read the title, I was like, I know he ain't complaining about no dance movements and nothing. She's 52. Come on now. I mean, where is he, where is he taking me with this article? And then once <laughs> I read it, I was like, man, come on. I mean, you can't please everybody. And of course, there are going to be songs that she would love to do the full version of it. But if you say, hand me a list and say, can and give me 17 full length songs that you want Janet to do at a concert? I would struggle because I'd be like, no, but I got to hear this one. And then right. I, I went my hair and got till it's gone. So, I mean, you just can't please everybody. So I think she's doing the right thing. with. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not, um, go get Spotify. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And I do want to say this about the dancing. The dancing was on point. Now, there were portions. This is a new Janet tour. Like, this right. is she's this is a new tour. So it's not always all out dancing. But I tell you, when she hit the switch and decided she's about to embarrass some people, like... <laughs> It was all Jada like, hold on, let me get my let me get my little steps in real quick. Listen, uh, okay, uh. there is nothing to complain about in the delivery of the show. But all Jada has to do is stand on stage and stare, and the crowd is like, <sighs> absolutely. And you like, I, I caught myself one time going, why am I screaming? Right. <laughs> <laughs> me and my sister both was like, why are we screaming? Because it's Janet. Because <laughs> she's looking around, and that's why we're screaming. <laughs> yes 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 another thing i noticed from the fandom is this outcry like on facebook and instagram for her to do bigger sets like in the past that she did for like the janet tour and uh, the velvet rope tour i mean things have changed of course because you know production calls and things like that but how you feel about that to be honest And I'm not going to say it's never going to happen, but I kind of feel like those days are over. This is what it is. So they're doing more electronic sets. They're doing more with lighting and small props on the stage. And honestly, the show is really good. And so Mm -hmm. I have to think about it from two standpoints. Like you said, production costs, but you also have to think about the types of venues she's playing. She's Mm -hmm. playing 
some different venues that allow more people access at lower price points and those types of things. So you want her to pay to take three trucks worth of props from city (laughs) to city uh, when she's trying to lower the cost so that more fans can get in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, I mean, it increases exponentially. You know, you got the folks who got to put the set together, take it apart. Mm-hmm. You got to have all those folks to haul it from one town to the next. That takes time, um, you know. So I think there's pros and cons. Could we see it? I think possibly if she did a residency, mm-hmm. I think we could see more elaborate sets because you don't have to cart it from city to city and have people rebuild it every day. Right. Um. So I think it's possible that in the future we could get that again. But I also think with her killing it night after night after night after night with the types of sets she's using, um, why would you go bigger? Yeah. And like you said, with the venues and this other artists I know are now doing smaller venues too. I mean, you want to reach your fan base and you don't want to overcharge them too much. You want them to be able to come out and as long as she's giving you your money worth, I'm not like, don't complain because there's some people on tour now that are not giving you your money's worth. Mm-mm. And so they giving you the same show. So, I mean, at least she changed it up and she's making it affordable. So I have no complaint. This is Janet. She, she good. Right. She good. <laughs> she yes. good. She don't got nothing to prove. <laughs> yes. I think it's kind of a waste of time to want her to be the Janet of 25 years ago. Things done changed since 25 years ago, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think we've talked about this on, in other conversations. The music business doesn't work like it used to be 25 years ago. Right. Also, speaking of dates, I noticed that on the September 29th, she's going to do the Global Citizens Festival in Central Park. Right, 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 right. This is her fourth headline at a major festival. I think it's four at a major festival Yeah, this year. And I'm really excited about this one because I think the Global Citizen Festival really fits Janet's brand perfectly. This year's Global Citizens year-long campaign is to end extreme poverty. And they also are honoring Nessa Madonna in this year, which he would actually have been 100 years old. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So the way it kind of works is the you don't pay anything. You do different like activists or community service type things mm-hmm. to earn points to get tickets. So I was looking, I was, I had never heard of it. So I looked it up to see like, well, what types of things do you have to do? And they have things on there like tweet certain things. So like they were asking people to tweet their senators to uh, support foreign aid or to sign petitions to urge governments to prioritize sanitation and hygiene for their citizens. So just different things like that, basically using power of social media and to spread awareness of certain things and make governments stand up and pay attention and basically do right by their people. And so I thought that was an interesting way to utilize the masses, utilizes the new tools of social media. Mm hmm. And also give folks a chance to celebrate. I mean, like you do some good deeds, you get to see Janet. How awesome is that? This kind of just goes right into her brand of what she's really about, which is love, you know, and acceptance. And I mean, that's all Janet wants. And I think that's all we want. And it's like we're what, 2018 and we're still trying to get countries to have uh, clean water and sanitation and hygiene that shows how f- how much work we really need to do into this uh, put into this so absolutely I'm- yeah so I'm excited for her and if I'm not mistaken I think that they live stream uh, Global Citizen so we got something to look forward to even if you can't get to New York so another thing I stumbled upon uh, was the fact that the Hot 100 turned 60 and they had a list of the top 60 female artists. Mm-hmm. And I 
I wasn't mad, but I got no, I got an opinion about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know you got an opinion about it. You was a little salty about a little portion of it. Because some of it doesn't make sense. It's very interesting. <laughs> I don't understand the calculations, but I will say, you know, I don't know if I could find fault with the top three, to be honest. Maybe the order, but I don't know. Because as I tried to read how they calculated who went where, it didn't make any sense. So I just just said, okay, one, two, three. Right. But it was Madonna, uh-huh. Mariah, and Janet were number one, two, and respectively. Now, let me just say with that, uh-huh. I agree that they should be in the top three. Mm-hmm. But I think Janet should be ahead of Mariah and then I'm kind of like going back and forth between Janet and Madonna. Okay. Now, Mariah, I understand, you know, she's is a good artist, vocal, blah, 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 woo, woo, woo. You know, she's, she's a good, good artist and she's a great songwriter. But I know that's not what this is about. This is about like how their individual records did on the right. charts. Right. So I'm just like, okay, I kind of, I think Mariah is a top three. With Janet and Madonna, like sometimes, well, most of the time I refer to Janet as the queen of pop. And Mm -hmm. I notice a lot of Madonna's fans, you know, say she's the queen of pop. And I probably would get in a fight with them about that. But I just was like, I just, a part of me just still feels like Janet should be number one. Just because of the videos, just because of the fact that so much she's overcome like Janet had to overcome a true scandal you know Mm -hmm. her sales probably would have been better if it wasn't for the whole backlash and boycott and not being on MTV and all those other networks whereas Madonna she didn't have to go through that her only thing was putting out a book of nudies you know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) so I, I took a war with that, but no offense. I, I do feel like Madonna's a legend. I feel like Mariah's a legend. I feel like Janet's a legend. Yeah. So, I mean, I really yeah. can't gripe. I will say I was surprised. So let's talk a little bit about some others who were on the list. So just perspective. Um, Taylor Swift was number eight. Katy Perry was number nine. And then Beyonce was number 13. Okay. Right there. Let me, let me just say something real quick. Okay. I don't like that either. Say more. <laughs> okay. I don't like Katy Perry at number nine just because her last project flopped. Beyonce's last couple of projects have actually, I mean, drawed in numbers, HBO specials, things like that. I don't understand how Katy, even her Super Bowl performance wasn't, was this, was subpar. Missy said, say Katy Perry. Let's be honest. Facts. So I don't understand why Katy is number nine when Beyonce herself, her last, like I said, her last couple of projects have been better than Katie. That's all I want to say about that. I'm- so I don't, again, I don't know how they're calculating because I probably could have done a little more reading, but I do think it's heavily weighted on how you actually performed on the Billboard charts. Mm. So all of the things you named, I think, would move Beyonce way up mm-hmm. just as far as her impact. But to be honest, I'm not quite sure how well she's done on the billboard as far as. So I don't know anything about that. I was surprised that Janet Jackson was at number three. And the reason is because it feels like um, more recent folks are having a lot of success on the charts, Mm -hmm. whereas it felt like. In the past, it was much harder to get in that top 10 or that top 20. Yes. But I am very pleased. Like, I think that that is a reasonable ranking. I did mm-hmm. have a gripe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very surprised that Paula Abdul came in at like 21. 
or something. And she was ahead of Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. And I don't know what kind of math equals that. Like, well, there is not enough ones you can carry. You can't divide by enough things for that to be true. Well, I, if they're going to go by charts or singles, which I think that's you know mainly what they were trying to say, Britney did have hits. But, you know, she went through a part of her career where, let's be honest, Britney hit Vegas before a lot of people. She did. <laughs> because after she shaved her head, it was like, Phew. so maybe if you compare and Paul Abdul, Maybe hers just, you know, still added up. Cause I'm like, for a... real though, Cold Hearted Snake <laughs> and Rush Rush was enough to put you into... Opposites attract. <laughs> and uh, straight up, now tell me, Forever Your Girl. You don't remember those? I remember them, but I swear you can name every <laughs> hit and you might get to six hits. Although, to be fair, I think I read a long time ago that she actually had like a significant number of top five Billboard singles off of those first two albums. And so that's yeah. probably enough to carry her for a lifetime as far as rankings. Like she's probably always going to be mentioned with the best of the best from those like two albums. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who surprised me? Who's that? Donna Ross. Yeah? She was number 10. Yeah. To be in the still be in the top 10 with that, you no, know, her history of career and stuff, you know, I was like, dang, Diana. You yeah. still got it, girl. But you got to remember, this is all the way from 19. I think they started in 1958 or it could be 53. Don't quote me. But I think it was from the 1950s. So you got to think in the 60s, the Supremes ruled the world. Yeah, that's true. And then shortly after that, Diana ruled the, ruled world, the world for a very long time. <laughs> so, yes. So that was another thing that I found interesting was it was a very good mix. Like Rihanna was in the top 10, Diana Ross. And then at 13, I think was, no, 11 was Donna Summer. Yeah. And there was a time when Donna Summer ruled ruled the whole world. Yeah. (laughs) So I love that it's like a good mix of talent. Uh, Very interesting mix because at number 12 was Connie Francis. And if you put a gun to my head and demanded I tell you who Connie Francis is... I would still have a gun to my head. I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like Whitney Houston. I have nothing. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So that was fun. I I liked reading those types of things. And I always very much enjoy them when I feel like Janet has at least received her proper respect. So like you, of course, I would want her to be at number one. uh, But in the company of Mariah Carey and Madonna, I still want her to be number one, but in the company, as long as she's in in there, in the mix, we can argue about the order later. Yeah, we can. All right, so let's get into this week's song. Yes, rock with you. But did we rock? (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to answer that question here shortly. Uh, Rock With You was the second single from the CD Discipline following the hit single Feedback. Um, And it will also be the name of her tour, which, you know, was not the most successful Janet tour. Yeah, I'm not going to get on my soapbox again because it's not the time (laughs) or the place. Get on that soapbox, sister. But you know, I still think that that is the best tour I never saw. If I had a time machine, you know, when they ask those silly questions, like if you had a time machine, where would you go back? And, you know, 
folks who forgot about slavery always be like, I would go back to meet my ancestors, not me, unless we going. <laughs> I want to see. Unless we going many generations it. back into Africa. <laughs> but my answer would be. <laughs> my okay. answer would be, I am going to see the rock with you too. <laughs> Because it's the tour that you never saw. It's the tour that I never saw. And I feel like it was the best. Like all the clips that I have seen on YouTube indicate to me that I possibly missed the best Janet Jackson tour. Now, of course, I saw Janet. I saw Velvet Rope. I saw Rhythm Nation. But I still feel like Rock With You is that missing piece. But anyways, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the song. <laughs> Who wrote the song? Because... <laughs> It was written by Neo, Eric Stamil, and Jermaine Dupree. And it was also produced by Jermaine Dupree and Eric Stamil. Um, and we'll talk some more about that later. You know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, because I got the feeling you're going to say something about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so this song was um, written, according to Janet, it was created for the gay community. Right. In an interview, she talks a lot about how she kept stressing to Jermaine that she wanted to do something for the kids. And I guess at the time she had talked about it, previously doing something on the previous album that was dedicated really for the LGBTQ community, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen. Like, it didn't make the album. And so she was really focused on making sure that there was something that she created specifically for the LGBTQ community on this album. And this song, Rock With You, was to be that song. Yeah, she decided to give the kids something to pose, to vogue to. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you helped You helped me out considerably because I was like, I don't get how this song is different from the other songs. Well, have you ever been to a drag show? Because like when you go to gay clubs and go to their drag shows, the, the feel, the, the rhythm, it actually allows them to be able to do different poses and perform with it. And when she said I had to do something for the kids, I was like, I knew what she meant. Yeah, oh, good. Well, I'm glad kid. you knew what she meant. I just know that I like the beat because I like house music. So I was like, <laughs> only but, thing was missing was some glitter. <laughs> listen, yeah. So I do like, I really like this track um, just from the perspective of it does feel like it infuses so many different techno styles. Like it feels like very club, it feels very house, it also feels very pop, uh, electronica. Like it just fuses all of those things so well. But one thing about this song, too. Um, when she talks about kind of the picking of the song, basically after she told Jermaine Dupri that that's what she wanted, she said he basically handed her a CD that had like 10 tracks. Um, and she listened to them all and tried to pick which one. And this is the one that she fell in love with. Right. But isn't it great that she thought of the kids? You know, she... Absolutely. I think that's tremendous. And I think that's always on her mind. I think in addition to kind of really truly representing who she is and where she is in life, I think she is always thinking about her fans. Like, what would they like to see? What do they want to hear? And she does that. So I appreciate that very much. Mm -hmm. I thought I listened to this. I listened to it about back to back just to try to get refresh my memory about the song. And I feel like it was actually ahead of its time in a way uh, because it 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 wasn't it was different from what we were hearing on the radio and we hadn't heard this side of Janet before I mean true enough we see Janet dancing and Janet has had Janet has had club hits but this was something like I feel like if she would have put this out maybe three or four years later around the time that like Pitbull was blowing up I think this song would have been like a hit like a top 10 hit for real for her yeah I, that's a good um coming because i was trying to think of where this song fits i was like if 
feels like it should move toward the 80s. It really feels like a futuristic 80s song. Like I think about like the Eurythmics and Mm -hmm. those kind of folks. It feels like it should move there. But I think you're absolutely right. It probably should move forward. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think she was a little ahead of her time with this. And I mean, nothing's wrong because there have been plenty of artists that put things out. And now you look back at it, you was like, man, that that was actually... (laughs) <laughs> that, that was that a good song. Worked. Yeah, that was a good song. That would have worked years ago. Yes. Yeah. I um and, uh, didn't realize that this was a radio single. Yeah, it was. So, did you ever hear it on the radio? No. I have never heard this song on the radio. <laughs> well, you got to think iTunes was just really starting to pop out. And I think a lot of times, I mean, if it didn't come on 106 and Park or MTV, I mean, it just didn't get hardly any push. And I don't want to be on my soapbox, but I think some of that comes back from Island and Def Jam to me. Hmm. I mean, you got an artist of Janet's uh, of her statue and you got to you got to make a push. Pay somebody. Push this seat. No, push this single. Right. You're absolutely right. I do feel like that there was a, a lack of promotion. Now, when I was reading about this single, they talked about how the fact that when this single was released, it was kind of a part of a trilogy. Um, so feedback came and then very shortly thereafter, this song Rock With You came. And then very shortly after Love was released as a single, which, again, I didn't know that was released as a single either. It was released very late as a single, and I felt like, I'm going to be honest, I know we're talking about, you know, Rock With You, but I felt like Love was a better single than Rock With You. Hmm. Love is an underrated gem on that on that CD. Yeah, so the, the big thing was, you know, Island was saying that, like, this is the first time, because, you know, a Janet Jackson album used to be a single, and then months later, another single, and then months later... The album would come out and then months later, another single. And this was the first time since she had she made this transition to Island, kind of their approach was like, we're going to just plaster the radio. So they released the three singles really back to back to back. Um, And to me, in my mind, the only one that took was feedback. Yeah. I mean, Love got some radio play. But I think Rock With You got lost in the shuffle. And I think there will be some confusion, too. Like, what station does it play on? Like, if you <laughs> if you think about it with your 2008 years, I feel like today a lot of formats are much more mixed, especially like morning shows and those types of things. You hear you might hear a country song. You might hear a pop song. You might hear right. a 90s song. I feel like now formats are a little more mixed. But I feel like back then, like, they all had very strict lanes. And I'm not sure what lane Rock With You would fit in neatly. And maybe that's why we didn't hear it on the radio, just because it didn't fit a Janet pop song or a Janet R&B song. I don't know. I just feel like they dropped the ball on this. Yeah. It's a good song. It's just somewhere in the mix, it got the ball got dropped. Yeah. In 2015, Out Magazine stated that this was Janet's truly last great song. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dance. now, they just saying, this was before, you know, they just saying, <laughs> take it <Rude>. easy. <laughs> How rude. But I'm not, I'm not mad at Out because Out did, I mean, they definitely recognize the work that Janet has done for their community. And so I'm not mad at them at all. But I just feel like, I don't know if we can call it the last truly great dance song. 
But it was also used in Tyler Perry's The Family That Prays. Which I don't remember the song. <laughs> I don't either. But I, I love know, the movie. I was about to say, that's just... one of my favorite Tyler Perry movies. You put a, a little a little bug right here. We talked about reading the lyrics for this song and uh, <laughs> realizing <Yeah>. it's <laughs> composed in its entirety of like 21 words. <laughs> if this was a, a lyrical battle, I don't know where Janet would be with this. I don't know who she would beat with these lyrics. <laughs> it's not the most deep song. <laughs> I mean, it's catchy. It's it catchy. Yes, it's not a yes. throb, but... It's, it's catchy. <laughs> yeah. And I think it could possibly fit with Throb. And um, now how we were talking about like the voguing song. That's the song I think of. Throb. Yeah. When we looked at that list of like three writers, two producers, I'm like for 21 words. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think for me, this album, you know, they took a different approach with this album. It was really heavily a and R. It was, let's pick these producers, let's pick these songs. And I think for me, the reason why this song maybe doesn't resonate, and I like the song, and I actually like it more the older it gets. Like, the further I get from its release, the more I'm like, man, that was a gem. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was to do with, you know, my usual concern is if Janet doesn't have a hand in crafting it, like if, if the song... If her soul isn't on the song, and I think she did a really powerful job in delivering the song. Like, I think it, it she made it her own. But right. when she doesn't have a hand in that development process, it's just, I don't, I don't think she can be successful, as successful as we're accustomed to with that formula. Yeah. And I, I just look at it like this. It's like when your be- you let your best friend pick your clothes out for you. <laughs> and you know you a plus size, but they put you in that leopard print and you just wearing it. But you really <laughs> feel like this ain't working. That's how I felt with discipline. And it just didn't work. I mean, you got to have Jimmy and Terry in the studio with Janet. She got to put her touch on it. And this is one of those songs that I know, you know, Jermaine was doing, you know, trying to help her with her mission of giving something for the kids, but it was just missing something. Like that whole project was just stick with your core. <laughs> stick, yeah. Stick, stick and I'm always on the fence about that because I want, I think sometimes we expect artists to be too much the same, but I don't think that's the case with Janet because everything she's ever given us has been different from the last thing she gave us. Right. But it was all tied together by basically it came from her soul. And so this, even though it was a little different, it felt very much like maybe they were just chasing the trends. Yeah. With with this song and with the album, it felt like they were trying to be whatever the last good song they heard on the radio was. Right. And remember around this time, Neo was really picking up steam because he had worked with Rihanna. He had wrote a whole bunch of hits for mm-hmm. uh, Def Jam artists. So, mm-hmm. you know, naturally, hey, this dude been giving us hits. Let's bring in him. Let's bring in the dream and get Janet some hits, you know. And sometimes it just don't. It's a good, you know, good concept and a good idea. But it, to me, it was just like. You got to have somebody that's been in the studio with you more than the two days. You know, yeah. go get somebody that's been in there with you for decades that knows that this is what you like to do. To be fair, at some point, she and Jimmy and Terry all had a very new, fresh relationship. 
Uh, but I think the difference was they didn't show up with songs already in mind for her. Mm-hmm. You know, they got together, they hung out, they crafted songs for her based on where she was in her life and with her, which is the mm-hmm. difference with for and with mm-hmm. her. And so I think that that's what we're missing with some of this. And it seems crazy to say that because, like I said, I like the song. It has no substance, <laughs> but I like the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just felt detached, like anybody could sing it. And most yeah. Janet Jackson songs, it feels like only Janet could sing it. Like nobody right. else can give you what she can give you on that song. Yeah. And this felt like anybody I mean, literally anybody. Like, I feel like Boy George could have murdered this. Like, <laughs> he would have found a way. <laughs> How do you feel about them saying that there's a Michael connection? I mean, I understand the title is Rock With You, which Michael also had a a, a, a hit with the name, t- same title. But I just didn't see where it automatically made me think of Michael's Rock With You. Yeah, so I read a couple different articles and critics' reviews about this song, and at least four or five of them tried to draw the connection between Janet's Rock With You and Michael's Rock With You. And honestly, maybe it's me. Maybe I lack the intuition and the perception of a critic, but I don't hear it. And I don't even feel like that was maybe on her mind when she decided to do this song. Maybe it was. Like, I don't know. It wasn't there. Um, but, you know, they. Talk, I mean, they. some people went really hard into trying to um, say that they basically tried to recreate the feeling of Michael's Rock With You without directly sampling it, is what they said. Like, sonically, it's supposed to remind us of the era of Rock With You. And I guess the fact that they're both disco-ish songs uh but this one to me leans more electronica than disco yeah it's a very fine distinction um but yeah i struggled a little bit with the connection so where do you place this in like janet's discography like of the singles is it low is it high is it in the middle it's low (laughs) <laughs> you didn't want to think about it <laughs> no no because like I said I always felt like feedback and love were the two hits off this project everything else fell flat to me this isn't one that you just put in and let it play I'll say too that I felt like and you know we're talking about rock with you but it does fit like the discipline album itself felt very disjointed and not in the way like you could probably say that about um to us to an extent the janet album because there were so many genres on that album but they all had the same theme like they were all tied together by love and you could say it too about the velvet rope i mean there were different genres on that album but they all had the same theme kind of self-reflection this album felt all over the place it felt rush and i think by by having Rock With You in the middle of those two very different singles, Feedback and Love, it kind of just hammered home like this isn't necessarily a coherent. It was, to me, it felt like a departure from her very coherent themed concept mm-hmm. albums, even though mm-hmm. like Discipline was supposed to be the concept. Like she named it the concept that we were supposed to get, but it still felt incoherent. Do you think if she would just stuck with Dark Child? Do you think that the project would have been better? 
because I still think Dark Child did a great job with MJ's Invincible CD. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And he has a knack for it. Brandy wouldn't have hits if it wasn't for him. Yeah, I do agree. I think that could have made a difference. I hadn't thought about it because, you know, a lot of times we're screaming for Jimmy and Terry because we love Jimmy and Terry. Mm -hmm. But I think what they bring is cohesion. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference with this album is that there was too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And if I were going to pick a cook from the cooks that were in the kitchen, no doubt I would pick Rodney Jenkins' Dark Child. I would take him hands down any day uh, Mm -hmm. to do an entire album. Now, what's sad, what I don't going to say sad, what's disappointing to me is like when you check the chart history of this song. Mm hmm. It was only able to reach the bubbling under Hot 100 singles. Let me be honest with with everybody. I didn't even know there was a bubbling under 100 (laughs) chart. And it did. It made the top five in the UK. um, Right. On the R&B chart, which is interesting. Yeah. But I mean, everything you read about chart success for this song is always bubbling under Right. Now, it did make top 20 on the Hot Dance Club songs. Oh. So let's talk a little (laughs) bit about this video. So the the video definitely, for me, is one of my favorite Janet videos, um, directed by Sam Farman. And it is a long take video. So I think initially they were going to do it in one take, and they ended up cutting it into like three takes. But you can't find it. Like, I watched the video a thousand times trying to find the scenes. And I can't find it. Like, it's so well done. He actually directed feedback, too. Uh, and I, I still like feedback a little bit better as visual video. But now one thing I will give props to is to Gil because he did um, he did bring out the dancing Janet. Yes. And they actually did take you to a club and they didn't hold, you know, they didn't shy away from using uh, being original and what you would see in a gay club. Mimi Marks, <laughs> a, a Chicago area transsexual entertainer, actually makes a guest appearance in the video. Um, but I just love the fact that the movements were so crisp, were so, I mean, I couldn't find fault in none of the movements. No, you can't. It's not possible to find fault. They're so good. And I love the the routine is intricate. It's beautiful. It's when Janet is dancing, it almost looks like they're roller skating. I remember watching that thing and thinking to myself, this woman smooth as water. <laughs> like how? I love this video. I love the way that we move from one room to the next. And in this mm-hmm. video, she does talk a lot about plant, you know, paying homage to the 80s Blitz Kids, which yes. was kind of like a group that would go to underground clubs and gay clubs in the UK and just turn it out. And so that really inspired a lot of the costumes that we see, um, the way that they're interacting inside the club. Everything is really awesome. My favorite is the very opening when they start the video and you're seeing all the other dancers. They're posing, they're mm-hmm. dancing, and the camera's just swinging and swinging. And then eventually it lands on Janet and she hit yeah. that pose. Come on now. <laughs> like it's, it's the best. <laughs> Because you know she finna give it to yeah, you. Yeah, she, she is. Because immediately, like, they go into the routine. They're doing their thing. They're on the floor. I'm like, half the routine is just them making different. I'm watching TV movements on the floor. You know how you be moving when you watch the TV? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on this side. I'm on the other side. I got my head resting on my chin. I'm doing... 
I think BET did a SS Granite on this video. And Gil said it took him like a week to go uh, to get all the um, choreography together. And it shows that Gil is great at what he does. And one of the things I remember from that access granted Gil talking about, like he said, it just took him a couple of days to come up with the dances. But then he had to think conceptually about like placing people in the room and how the camera's going to work and how it works with her traveling from space to space. So when do we do what section where she's going to be? <laughs> and that collaboration with them and the and him and the director was perfect. Yeah. Long takes ain't easy. <laughs> it's really an inspiring video to watch how they made it so i i don't know if you could tell but i like this video Mm -hmm. and it is a video for me that when i think about i know for you it's feedback but when i think about the discipline album this is the first video that comes to mind and i loved it like i love the costumes janet's hair was funky and interesting with the shortcut in the back and it was very long in the front anytime you got janet walking I'm for that. <laughs> it was just really good. So I really enjoyed it. I liked it. And then also another thing, I liked her live performance on Good Morning America. Yeah. Oh, she had on this white and gray outfit with the brown corset. Oh, looked great. Janet was killing the stage. Yes, and yes, yes, yes. So that was in February for their... 2008 uh, for their winter concert series. And she did... They That was really a concert. Like... I watched more of that online and like she did That's the Way Love Goes. She did a feedback. She did quite a few songs. But when I tell you Rock With You, she really, they wore it out. Like, yeah, yeah, they they were impressive. And, you know, I find that Janet is phenomenal on TV. And I'm like, I think that she says in her mind, like, she like 20 million people about to watch this. I am about <laughs> to turn it out. <laughs> like, If we're ranking TV performances, Rock With You and feedback from that Good Morning America special is up there for me. Not way up there because you still got to overcome all the MTV performances that were so good. <laughs> yeah, but it's, she killed. <laughs> yes, but it's it's up it's up there. Uh, it was a good performance, but I don't know if it tops my top five performances or anything. Yeah, like I mean that. I agree because the top five probably came from MTV, but it's re- it's really good. A couple weeks ago, I had put it on our. Twitter page because I love it so much. So I might re-up that again so that people can experience the joy that I experience when I watch that. Alrighty. All right. So that was good. That was good revisiting a song that maybe I don't think about as often as I should. Uh, but I definitely will be watching that video a couple more times before I put it away because it's just a phenomenal video. And I'm stunned that it did not receive any nominations for awards. I got to say, somebody wasn't doing their work because... Jermaine Dupree. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I drop that shade? <laughs> that should have been um, nominated for some things. No matter how you feel about the song, and I think it's a good danceable song, just maybe not the best Janet song there ever was, but no matter how you feel about the song, this video is phenomenal. <laughs> I'm proud of the work. And like I said, just for her doing it for the kids and allowing them to slay. Yes. I'm proud of Miss Jackson. Yes, yes, yes. Let's move into our next segment. In this segment, Cam, we're going to make some predictions about what's next for Janet. 
We know tomorrow the single Made for Now drops and she'll be performing on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, she's also going to be on MTV and Sirius XM Channel 50. They're going to turn that station into their Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation radio. Right. So with the tour just ending and a new single dropping, what do you predict the song's going to be about and what will she announce next? I think the song is going to be about us as a world coming together. I predict a upbeat tempo and I think this is a great time for her to drop the single for a push for her to go into the rock and roll hall of fame family <laughs> for real for real yes 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 so I agree with you I think it's going to be a socially conscious song but I also think it is going to have a spiritual tinge um, just some of the things that she's been releasing on social media like Yesterday, she posted the quote, your creator created you for a purpose, on purpose, you're made for now. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that's probably a part of the song. And so I feel like we're going to see a new Janet who's more spiritually connected. And even at the concert, at the tour, like she gave a full benediction before we left PNC (laughs) Pavilion. (laughs) So I feel like we're going to see a new, um, not new, but she's going to reveal a more spiritual side here. And... What I think she's going to announce next is probably a European leg of a tour. I think she's going to take a break and I think she'll start whatever the next touring era is in Europe. And uh, she's going to announce that soon. So those are my predictions. And we'll know here very soon if either of us is right. Uh, I got the feeling I'm going to be right. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it for us this week. On behalf of myself, Courtney Stribling. And my cousin, Cousin Cam, we'd like to thank you for spending time with us. If you'd like to reach us, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at JJTodayPod. That's at JJTodayPod. Our intro and outro music, Good For You by THBD, is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license.